Amen. Isn't God good? And I want to start today by talking to you guys about something special, uh, something that God put on my heart years ago for myself, and I had to be the first one to hear this sermon many years ago, and I, I've been waiting for an opportunity to share this sermon with you. Uh, and, and pastors can tell you, uh, if you if you know one or you want to talk to one, they can tell you, um, when you have a sermon that's special to you, you keep asking God when it's the time to give it. Uh, and I want you guys to know that this is a sermon I've been asking God to give you guys for a very long time because it's near and dear to me, uh, and I hope it becomes that to you. Today, I'm going to talk to you about spiritual insecurity. Now, we know what real-world insecurity is, but there is such a thing as being insecure in your spirit. Um, and it's not something that's exclusive to new Christians. It's something that's rampant all over the place in the church and in the Christians and the followers of Christ. Uh, there's a lot of spiritual insecurity. I know because I was one of them many a year ago. And I liken spiritual insecurity to carbon monoxide. Because you can't really see it, you can't really detect it, and if it goes undetected, it can be poisonous. And, and just like that carbon monoxide, it can get in your system and cause problems, and, and a, uh, a poisoned spirit of insecurity can cause problems for you. And today I want to talk to you about the spiritual insecurity and what it is and how to define it, but then also how to defeat it. So don't be discouraged by the first half of this sermon because it's going to sound a little doom and gloom, but I need you to understand how important acknowledging your spiritual insecurity is. So I'm going to hold no punches with you today because I think you need to hear this sermon the way God gave it to me. The first thing spiritual insecurity can do to you is it'll hold you back. Spiritual insecurity will make you question whether or not the decisions you're making are right and whether the decisions you're making are the ones that Christ wants you to make. So a lot of times, people who are spiritually insecure don't make any decisions at all. They just wait. They play the waiting game all the time, hoping and hoping that something just falls into their lap. So a lot of people who are spiritually insecure and are touched by that insecurity in their spirit, they don't have the necessary amount of faith to move forward in their life, so they're constantly stuck. And they're constantly in a position where they feel like if they move, they fail. So it's better to be safe and not move. And, and there's some examples of, of how you know, detrimental that can be to you. So you go to uh, Jesus walking on water. And you go to Peter being on the boat. You see, if Peter doesn't have a, a certain amount of spiritual security, he never gets out of the boat. Because he looks out and he sees the Savior on the water. And he thinks that that's the Savior and I'm not that. But spiritual security says to Peter, you can get out on that water because you're in proximity to the Savior. So maybe if, if Peter was insecure, he wouldn't have stepped out on the boat. And we do know that he sank when he took his eyes off of Christ, but there was still a certain amount of security he had to have to be the only one of them on the boat to get out. Another good example of this is, is what if David had insecurity? Well, then he would have lost to Goliath. Not only would he have lost to Goliath, he would have been just like the other men. He would have left the battlefield. You see, it takes security to look at a giant and go, okay, I'm going to fight him, and I'm going to do it with just this sling and this rock. And if you have some kind of spiritual insecurity in your life, you'll find yourself as one of the people that never got off the boat or left the battlefield. And that'll hold you back from opportunity. You see, if Peter would have made the choice to be insecure... 
he would have never known what it felt like to walk on water. In a way, he played a role and he got to feel what it was like being so close to Christ to be able to perform a miracle. And, and David performed a miracle by slaying Goliath and he got the feeling through his security that he would have never got if he was insecure. And another thing that your insecurity can do to you is it will weaken your relationship with Christ. It will weaken your relationship with Christ. If you think that it's okay right now that you have a stutter step in your heart and you have a spirit that allows you to feel just a small amount of insecurity, it's not okay because that can cause a weakness in your relationship with Christ. It can cause you to judge others. You know, there's an old adage that a, a bully is often bullied by someone else in his home or, or bullied in his own heart and they have their own insecurities. It's oftentimes that bullies are the most insecure people and that's true of spiritual bullies. So you might find yourself taking part in judging others more often because you're insecure in yourself. And it's, a, it's an insecure spiritual mindset to say, okay, well, we all fall short of the glory of God, but I don't fall that short because look at everyone else around me. And so you find yourself doing these things that you normally wouldn't do, which is something like judging other people because you don't feel secure in your own spirit, so you have to push other people down to make sure you feel good. And that can cause you to, to get all sorts of problems. It can make you question God. People who are insecure in Christ, they, they're more prone to question Christ. They're more prone to look at the world and say, okay, well, God, where are you? You know, if, I'm the, if I too am a son of the Most High King or a daughter of the Most High King, then, then where is my throne? Why am I in these pauper's robes? What's going on? Where are you? Where are you? And that's the kind of mindset that insecurity can give you. And you have to kind of remind yourself of that. And you have to look at, at your insecurities because that's a huge problem and it causes a gap between you and Christ because your, your lips weren't made to question God. They were made to praise Him. And you can't have faith in the Lord if you don't trust Him to move through you. Now, it's easy to have faith in Christ and have faith in God because they're the creator and the, the number one miracle workers on the planet. But do you have faith that they can move through you? That they can make moves involving you? And that's something that an insecure person can't say yes to. They're not confident in that. They're, they're the type of people that are called to be ministers but don't have the education level necessary, so they decide that it's not for them. Well, that's not the way it works with Christ. If He calls you, He calls you. And you're qualified because He called you. So that insecurity will be holding you back, but eventually being held back so much will, will cause a rift and you will start to make decisions that separate yourself from Christ. You see, being insecure doesn't mean Jesus is going to leave you and separate from you. It's going to mean that you don't feel confident enough to be in proximity to Him. An insecure person doesn't want people around them. An insecure person doesn't want people to be able to see them because they're worried about the, the judgment. So you might be worried about, about Christ's judgment if you're too close. But that's not the right mindset. And, and uh, spiritual insecurity becomes the death knell of your future. It's the final bell to toll to tell your future, this isn't going anywhere. We're not making any moves forward. See, secure people, they make moves. And they move forward. It's insecure people. They don't go backwards because they're afraid of the past. They don't go forwards because they're afraid of the future. They stay right where they are permanently. 
So if you have a spiritual insecurity, it may cause you to stay where you are permanently. And as we know, a Christian walk is not something that remains static. You have to make moves and you have to go forward. And the journey of Christ was just that, a journey, and we have to emulate that. So your spiritual insecurity will cause you to ruin your future in Christ because you're not really truly living the brave Christian walk. Insecurity is like a, like a lid. You know, you're in a jar and you're trying to get out. You feel like you've been put in a jar and you're just trying to get out and explore the world. And that insecurity is the lid that keeps you down. It's the lid that says you can't go much further than this. So your insecurity becomes that lid that closes you off to better things. And another thing to look at is you start to stutter step when you should run. God tells you to do something and you, and you jumble a little bit and you shake a little bit and your feet tap the ground before you leave. You, you stutter step instead of running. Sometimes your insecurity won't make you stay in place, but sometimes it means you won't leave quick enough. You won't make your run to Christ quick enough and you have to get out of God's way and someone who's insecure stays in the way of God because they don't have the faith in themselves and the faith that God is big enough to say if I get out of the way I know you are going to take over you see the whole Jesus take the wheel saying that's a secure person you're handing the wheel to someone you're driving letting someone else drive your car and so you have to get in the passenger seat but somebody who's spiritually insecure, they'd rather stay on the road that they're on. Their hands are on the wheel, and they don't really feel confident enough to take their hands off of it long enough for God to take over it. So that's another way that your spiritual insecurity gets in the way. It's not letting God take over your life. And I can tell you from experience, God needs to take over your life. He has to take over your life. It's the way it works. But just like regular insecurities... It starts to eat away at you emotionally. It starts to make you a more angry person, a more sad person. Depression might hit you, and you might have a spiritual depression where you just kind of feel disconnected from God. Just like with regular insecurity, you might feel disconnected from other people. And so you start to feel a disconnect in your spirit, and you start to feel that the only emotions you're having are negative because your insecurities won't allow you to realize that some things are good. Because if you realize that things are good, then that would be uh, sort of devalidating how poor your life is in your mind because an insecure person likes to think that things are worse than they are. And, and that makes you feel worthless. You know, it's the, um, it's the sad truth that oftentimes... People who are insecure about their weight won't go to a gym because they're afraid of ridicule. Now, I'm not saying if you're overweight that you have to go work out. You live your life and you have your body. But if, you have, if you're the type of person that decides that you want to move forward and get a new body, you have to get up and go to the gym to do that. And you have to get up and diet to do that. And a lot of people who have insecurities in their weight, they won't make their way to the gym because they're so afraid that the people around them at the gym will judge them not only for being there, not being able to do as much, but because they're big or bigger than they think they should be. And that's, that can happen to you in your spirit. You can start to feel like maybe you're not qualified to be in certain areas and maybe you feel called to a youth ministry, but you just don't think that you're worthy of that because the other pastors have a degree and the other leaders have never gone through something like you've gone through. And it starts to get in the way because the truth is 
a lot of people in the gym will be happy to see you. For a lot of the people who are out there, I mean, I was that kind of person. I didn't have as much insecurities, but I was bigger than I'd ever been in my life. And uh, I had to go to the gym and I was a little concerned that, okay, maybe some people here might look at me a little differently and I'm not used to not being stronger or faster than a lot of people around me. So it's going to be weird to be around people who are in better shape than me. And, and what I found out is a lot of people who were there were excited to see me and were very supportive. And that's going to happen to you in the spirit world. You're going to be held back by this insecurity and it's not going to really be a thing. There's not going to really be a judgment, but even if there was for you, the secure person doesn't care because the secure person knows they're headed somewhere and something is important to them. And lastly, to define spiritual insecurity, it makes you question whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. I can tell you as a pastor and as a person, I don't question whether I'm going to heaven or hell very often, if at all. I feel confident in myself to know that I'm living a life that Christ is seeing and that I'm going to make my way into the entry gates of heaven. And he's going to say, hello, how are you doing? I expect God to give me a what's up, Joe. So I don't question that, but I've been in the position where I used to question that. So I know what it's like to constantly worry about whether or not what you're doing is going to send you to hell and you're missing the point of Christianity. You're constantly worried, okay, well, if I go out and I have a drink, well, if I'm drunk when Christ comes back, I guess I can't go to heaven. If I get a tattoo, I can't go to heaven. If I stub my toe and I say, ow, damn it, I'm going to go to heaven. And you people are worried and people are worried constantly about the things and, and the words that they're doing sending them to hell. And I intentionally used a word that might strike some of you because I want you to see that insecurity is within all of our hearts. Some of you are taken aback by what I just said, but I want you to know because I'm secure in Christ, I know this was for the purpose of a sermon. This was for the purpose of helping change your hearts. But an insecure Joe a few years ago wouldn't have done this in this sermon. That's why I had to wait. That reason right there is why I had to wait because Christ wanted me to give you that word this way. And if I couldn't give it to you properly, he wasn't going to let me give it to you. So even this sermon is proof that sometimes your insecurity is going to hold you back from being able to do something that's important to you. I feel good giving you this sermon already. I haven't even said the final amen, and I feel like somebody's getting this. And I feel like this is important to people. And I feel like this may touch people continually. And I'm excited for that. But I had to let my insecurity get out of the way so I can decide what Christ wants is what's most important. So now that we know this carbon monoxide of the church, uh, spiritual insecurity exists, and we know what it's like, how do you beat it? What do you do to get rid of the insecurity? You know, it's not something that's very simple, but it's something that you can do. It's something that you can achieve. And, and it's not something that you're going to do once. You've got to do it all the time. And I can tell you that through experience. You've got to constantly check your security levels. So the first thing that you need to do in knowing how to solve it is you need to be aware of your problems. And that's what the first half of the sermon was. I've already given you a boost. We already know how to determine whether or not we're being insecure. You can look at the first half of this sermon and see if any of that sounds like you. And if it does, well, there you go. We've got a head start. You need to be aware and you got to take a deep look at yourself in your day-to-day -day life and ask yourself, are you believing in God or are you just saying that you do? You see, the, there's a difference in believing that, that Jesus is the Son of God 
and believing that he can move miracles through you. And you've got to get to a point where you understand how much faith you have so you can have more. There is never enough faith. So you've got to get to a point where you can determine how much faith you have so you can get to the next level of faith. Are you the type of person that believes in Christ? Good, that's good for you, and that's a good start. But the next level of that is believing that Christ can do miracles. Now, are you at that stage? Maybe you need to get to the next stage and believe that he could do miracles through you. Maybe you need to get to the next stage and believe that because you're in Christ and because Christ is in you, these things of the world can affect you. You see, there's always another level of faith, and you need to be aware of where yours is at so you can continue to rise in the ranks of faith. And you have to trust your position in the Lord. A lot of pastors and a lot of sermons will tell you to trust the Lord, and you really need to do that. But for your insecurity, you need to trust your position in Him, not just Him. It's simple to trust the Creator. It's simple to trust the miracle worker. But you've got to trust that you have a position in Him, that you are worthy of something, that Christ says you are not His only follower, and you're not only His follower, but you're also entitled to what He's entitled to. That's your position in Him. The things that Christ earned, He's sharing with you. You get to have that kind of experience. You didn't live a perfect life. I didn't live a perfect life. And I'm not going to continue to try and live a perfect life because it can't happen. But what I do know is Christ already lived that life for me. And so I'm entitled to the, the gifts and the battle earnings of a perfect life because I exist in Christ and he exists in me. You need to believe that above all else. Above everything else, believe this. You are a child of the Most High King and he lives within your spirit. And so you are touched and blessed and the devil can't touch you back. And that means you need to get entitled. It's a dirty word to say entitled in today's world. You see that in the political spectrum and the racial spectrum and all sorts of spectrums in life. You see the word entitled as a bad thing. But in your spirit, you need a little bit of entitlement. You've got to be entitled to be a Christian. And no, I'm not telling you that you're better than people who don't believe in Christ. What I'm telling you is because you exist through Christ, you're entitled to look at the problems of the world and feel that you're above them. And not that you're better, but they're worse. Cancer can't get you because you're a child of Christ. You're above that problem. That bad doctor's report can't get you because you're above that problem. Your finances may not be where you think they should be, but you're above that problem because you know, just like I said, your faith has to rise levels. Well, guess what? When your faith rises levels, your life rises with it. So you have an opportunity to be entitled and look around the world and say, hey, what are you going to do to me? What do you really think you're going to do? Sometimes I get so entitled in Christ that I look at my bank account, I look at my health, I look at my relationships, I look at my jobs, I look at everything in my life, and I just brush it off of me and I say, guess what? You can't, you can't get to me. You can't have me because Christ already does. So all the problems of the world that are circling, they don't affect me. I'm bigger than this. And I can tell you as a pastor, getting to that moment in your faith, it is so powerful to you. An example of that recently is 
I take this this quarantine and, and COVID and, and all the problems that are going on in the world very seriously. And, and I don't want people to think that I'm belittling the problems, but I want people to know that even though I see the problems of the world, they don't worry me. They, they don't keep me up at night. I've never been concerned about how long this lasts. I've never been concerned about my position in the world because of this thing. I just know that because I'm a child of the Most High King, I'll see this through. And, and I'll be one of the people who can live to tell about the, the dramatic story of, of 2020. And I'm going to live through it. And it's never shaken me up, and it's never worried me. And, and I thank Christ for that. That's not a pat on the back, that's a pat to Christ, because He's given me a, a security to know that I'm going to be okay. And, and I see people struggling emotionally, and I get it. I really do. I can connect to you in that regard, but I just wish that some people would be able to, to have what I have in this moment. I wish I could just reach out and give that to them at this moment to know that things are going to be okay. And some people don't. But you have to get to a position in your life where your security in Christ means that whatever happens is whatever happens. There's an election coming up. Big whoop. All right, that's how I genuinely feel. Big whoop. My life is going to move forward. It's going to be good. My children are going to be blessed. My wife is going to be blessed. My church is going to be blessed. My people are going to be blessed. The world is going to get bigger and better no matter who is in charge. And that's how I genuinely feel. So I've been able to shake the stress of the world off of me because of my security in Christ. And I'm giving you this sermon today through Christ because he wants you to have that security too. And you got to get that by being entitled. Let me put it to you this way. Christ's death on the cross defeated death and sin. The wages of sin was death. So Christ defeated sin and death just by dying on the cross for your sins. And now whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but instead they have everlasting life. Well, when Jesus left this world physically, he stayed here spiritually by living through you. And I, I don't know if you get that, so I'm going to try to explain that to you again. Christ physically walked this earth for a while, for a good long while, but he's existed longer in this earth by living through the hearts and minds and spirits of people. So Christ is within you right now. So let me ask you this. If the one who defeated death and sin lives within you, don't you think you're bigger than those problems that are around you? Don't you get it? Don't you see that, that Christ already defeated the biggest problem of all? He already defeated sin and the wages of sin and death. He's already defeated that. And that person lives within you. You have the power. Your problems aren't bigger than you anymore because you're in Christ. Christ is in you. Your problems look at you and they're afraid of you. The devil is just hoping and praying and, and just freaking out all the time, hoping that you don't realize that you're too good 
for what he's put on you. You're too big for what he's put on you. You're too blessed for what he's put on you. So get entitled in your spirit and decide, devil, you've got to get off me because you're not on my level. That debt isn't on my level. That health report doesn't define me. My relationship problems, my problems internally, my spiritual struggles, they don't affect me because I'm bigger than them because I live in Christ and he lives in me. So get some security in your spirit and know that when Christ died on the cross, he really showed us more than just death. That life on the cross became what I just said, a life. There is no life without death on the cross. Jesus defeated death by living through you. You. He rose on the third day and he walked again. But guess what? He's still alive today and he's in your spirit. He's in your heart. He's in your house. He's in the midst of your problems. He's in the storms. He's in control. He is in you. So get up and feel good about yourself. Get up and feel strong. You get up as a Christian and you wake up in the morning and puff your chest out there and tell the world, guess what? I'm bigger than you. Guess what? Those problems, they're smaller than me. And if you think I'm afraid of you, I'm going to look up in the sky and I'm going to say, Christ, go get them. Christ, go get my problems. If I can't handle it on my own, he's going to handle it for me. So you don't get entitled to nothing. You get entitled to everything. You have the ability to be entitled to anything and everything you want in this life. Because if you have the faith to make it happen, and it's a part of Christ's plan, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen and you're living in faith, it wasn't for you. So that's good enough for me. You've got to get entitled, guys. Get entitled. But don't let that fool you. Don't, don't let that fool you. I'm not here to tell you that you're, you need to see your problems and you need to minimize them. No, you've got to be realistic about your problems. You've got to be realistic about how big your problems are. And, and the point of Christianity is, is not that your problems become smaller. It's that Christ is bigger than them, and you become bigger than them by being in proximity to him. So you don't need to minimize your problems. You need to know how big your problems are. And that's the closing point of this sermon. You need to know how big your problems are. And there's three reasons for that. You need to be able to pray correctly. You need to know if you have a $5,000 debt, you need to take that to Christ. And you need to get answers from him. And you need to get blessings. So you need to take it to Christ with faith and in confidence. Because it's a confident prayer that shows Christ how big the problem is and isn't worried about it. You're bringing something to Christ. Don't minimize it. Because what that feels like in your spirit is it feels like you're trying to make it less than what it is, so maybe God can do it. No, you need to be realistic about how big it is because it doesn't matter how big your problems are. If you get your problems in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit and you take them to prayer, they are no longer in your spirit and your heart and your mind. They are now in control of Jesus Christ. They're in the control of the Savior. So he is going to move those things out of your life and dictate that they can't affect you anymore. So you need to be aware of how big they are so you can pray correctly. You also need to remember your problems. It needs to ground you and make you humble. It needs to, to make you remember that the world and what you've got isn't through you, it's through Christ. 
And you got to remember how big your problems are so you can see, I couldn't have been this without Christ. I couldn't have got past this without Jesus. I couldn't have got past this without divine intervention. And you've got to remember that because there's people all over the world and some are right around you. And they're going to need to know that you face big problems because they're facing big problems. So you can't forget how big your problems were. Because you need to be constantly reminded that you're just like the people around you. That you were once just like them because we have a duty to share Christ. We have a duty to share Him. And, and it's, it's a secure person who can look at someone and say, well, you know what, I was an alcoholic. Or, you know what, I, I had marital problems myself. Or, I had problems with addiction. I had financial problems. But look at where I am now. And no, this isn't a, a humble brag or a brag on myself. I'm telling you, don't let those problems affect you. Christ is going to move through you. Christ is going to change some things. So you've got to pray correctly, and you've got to remember your problems. But the biggest and most important reason you've got to realize how big your problems are is so you can recognize the miracle. There is nothing like having something you can't solve be solved because Christ exists in you. You have to be able to look and say that you have this problem that you couldn't handle but Christ handled it for you. That's where your security will start to be drawn from. Because an insecurity comes from you not being able to do things in yourself. But Christ is proven, tested, and tried, and He never fails. He never lets you down. He never is defeated. So how can you not be secure in Him? That's why you need to admit how big your problems are, because when Christ defeats them, that's going to give you a spiritual security to know, man, those things were huge, but Christ is bigger. You know, the, the, the miracle of David isn't that a, a small boy defeated a man. It's that a small boy defeated a giant. A giant. I don't know if you have problems in your life, but they need to be as tall as they are. Goliath needed to be as many feet tall as he was. And when David went to God and he was looking for an answer, he needed to look for a 10-foot tall answer, not a 4-foot tall answer. You might need a 10-foot tall answer. And you might pick up your sling, put a rock in there, and you might hit right between the eyes just like David did because you're secure in your life with Christ. You've got to recognize miracles because when miracles are around you, you know that Christ is around you. And when Christ is around you, nothing bad can be around you. And if something is around you, it's about to get shaken off of you. I need you to feel good about yourself. I need you to feel good about your position in Christ. And I need you to look at your problems, decide, yeah, that's a 10 foot tall giant, but this rock is going bang right between the eyes. You have got to recognize miracles so they can start to give you security. I hope that you're getting this. I really truly hope that someone out there is getting how important spiritual security is. That carbon monoxide of spiritual insecurity, it can be dusted off of you. You've got to do these things. You've got to, to know how big your problems are. You've got to get entitled. You've got to remember your position in Christ. You've got to know how big your problems are and acknowledge them so Christ can show you He's bigger. These things will start to give you a spiritual security. And it's a spiritually secure person who has no room for the amount of blessings that God is pouring on them. I can't contain the blessings that God has given me. And someday you might get there too. You just got to get secure. 
You just got to feel good about yourself. You got to look at the world around you and decide, man, this is beautiful. This is good. But I'm meant for more than this. And I want to pray with you today for everybody. I, I want to pray that, that Christ releases you from your insecurities today so tomorrow you can start working on maintaining your security levels yourself. Christ today, he's going to remove that insecurity in your heart. And you after this, you're going to work on keeping it from ever coming back again. Father God in heaven, I want you to reach into people's hearts and strip away the insecurity that lives within it. I want you to reach in there and make them feel so secure in you that they can't even fathom the amount of faith they have in this moment. I want you to remove all doubt. I want you to remove all sorrow, all hurt, all double checking, all plan B's. I want you to eliminate everything that isn't faith in you, God. Reach into their hearts today and you strip them of that insecurity and you leave their heart open to faith in you. You leave their heart bigger and better than it's ever been. So after you leave their heart bigger and better, they can maintain it. Christ, the people who are receiving this today, I prophesy that the spiritual insecurities today are gone. And I decide with them as a covenant and contract in you that they are going to maintain that. They're going to keep their spirit clean of insecurity. And it might seep in, but they're going to get it right back out. And so, Christ, if we, if we give ourselves that, if we hold ourselves to that, you come today and you strip the insecurities in their life and you strip their heart of any of the problems and insecurities and struggles that they have today. Release their hearts of the prison and monoxide that is spiritual insecurity so you can take over. Amen. Everyone, I, I have a special prayer I want to do now. I, we already prayed to get the insecurity out, but you might need answers. You might have problems that need solving. So I want to pray today for all of those problems. I want us to, to get ready. Christ just removed the insecurities in your life. So right now, it's the best time to start swinging. A boxer who gets hit on the chin and finds out that other puncher can't hit very hard, that's the boxer that starts swinging. So we need to start swinging on our problems. Get your sling ready. Look between the eyes of your problems. Look at the problem you have. Do you have a 10-foot tall problem? Well, we've got a Jesus solution. So let's get together right now and let's decide to put this rock right between the eyes of your problems and they're not going to affect you anymore because you're secure now. Father God in heaven, anybody who's out there who's having financial struggles, I pray today that you make interjections in their life that lead them to bigger and better things. That not only do they have the ability to get more from you and more from the world and their financial pocketbooks are more secure, but they are also less prone to stress from debt. They are also less prone to spiritual insecurity from debt. So today, as you heal their hearts, as you look into their bank accounts and you decide how you're putting the money in there, God, I also want you to look in their hearts and decide how you're stripping some insecurities away from them and making sure there's a permanent faith in you. Do this today, God. Do this today. Heal their finances. Heal their finances. Show them how big you are. Show them how strong you are. Show them how rich and powerful you are. Show them that their debt can't even fathom you. Show them that the problems that their bank account is having are so far below you. So they have no choice but to be secure in you ever again. Amen. For anybody out there who's having, who's having health problems, 
I want you today to get your sling ready. Look at that doctor's report. Put your rock in the sling and let's get to swinging. Father God in heaven, I want you to take these doctor's reports and I want you to change them today. Yes, that next doctor's visit, it may not say what the doctors think it should say. They may be confused by it, but we know that there is a spiritual security in Christ that led us to be healed. We are secure in Christ, so our health has to line up with it. And we know, God, that you are going to use our health for bigger and better things. There are people who are hurting, who are sick, who are aching, who are having mental deficiencies, God. Those are healed today. The person who is hearing this right now, I don't know who you are, but there is somebody who's getting this today, and they've got a problem in their mind. They've been depressed, and God is releasing you of that today. God has just released you of your depression today. He is releasing you of that problem that has plagued you for your whole life today so you go live secure and if you're hearing this and that doesn't sound like you that doesn't mean that this isn't for you you might have a problem with your bones or your blood or your skin you might have a doctor's report Christ is still healing you today Christ is sending healing your way your problems may be 10 foot tall but Christ is even bigger than that so your health report has to line up amen and lastly I want to pray for people with relationship problems. They may have problems with their kids, their wife, their siblings, or the parents, or maybe they have a relationship problem just within themselves. Their, their relationship with themselves may not be what it needs to be. So I want to pray for that today. I want you to get that problem lined up just like we've done everybody else. You get that problem lined up and you line up your shot and you take it today. A secure person throws that rock. A secure person puts that rock in their sling. Let's put the rock in your sling and let's get past your problems right now. Father God in heaven, you are the bridge that connects people. So I ask today that where there are gaps between families, you become the bridge and they reunite in Christ through you. God, they may reunite with family members they haven't talked to in years. They may have a better relationship with their father, their mother. They may have a better relationship with their wife. They may have a better relationship with their kids. There is someone today that needs relationship healing, and you are that bridge. You are the bridge that covers all gaps. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how bad it was, how bad it is, and how big the problem is. You are the bridge that supersedes those problems, Christ. You are going to go above and beyond and be a bridge for those people. They are going to be reconnected and rekindled. And anybody who's having an internal struggle with just themselves, you are going to make them realize, Christ, today that they're not alone because you live within them. So the problems of loneliness, the problems of fear, the problems of self-hate, the problems of struggles within themselves can exist because you already exist in them. There is no room for depression when Christ is at the address. There is no room for loneliness when Christ is rooming right next to your heart. God, you get in those people's hearts today and you make them feel something that they've never felt. Emotional, spiritual, mental, physical security in you. In your precious and only name I pray. Amen.